the Boston College Eagles have been very active in the transfer portal. They're not done yet. And I'm looking at a new offer that Boston College just made this weekend. And I'm going to talk about why this is showcasing why the Eagles could be making some adjustments to their secondary. You're going to want to hear my thoughts on this my recap of BC's loss to Syracuse in basketball. And we're going to do some New Year's uh, predictions for the upcoming year. All of this and more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, happy New Year's, and welcome. This is AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and t- lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so folks, happy New Year's Eve. I'm recording this at home. I'm not going out on New Year's Eve because I've got COVID again. Woo, fun. So I'm back home and I'm recording. I thought this would be a great time to catch up with all of you other folks out there who are ready to talk Boston College because we are the only. Boston College podcast that does this every single day. And I was going to start off with basketball, but you know what? Let's get into football because there's some interesting news going around in terms of the transfer portal. As we've said on this podcast before, they the Eagles have landed seven transfers in the portal. They have, uh, you know, a wide variety, you know, wide receivers, offensive line, but the specific, they have three defensive backs. They landed uh, Victor Nelson Jr., who we're going to try, we're trying to get on the show, hopefully from LIU, uh, who's a safety. Alex Washington, a quarterback from Harvard, and uh, uh, Kari J- Johnson of Arkansas. And and the 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 thoughts about this when I'm looking at what Boston College is doing. It's interesting because, yes, the safety position specifically, BC needed to beef up. You've got some guys coming back like Cole Batson, who I thought showed some some oomph this last year when he was put in after uh, Jason Matry had to push over to cornerback. And Jaden uh, Woodbay, uh, he's going to the NFL draft. So BC had to get some depth there. But the cornerback position itself was also interesting because I'm looking at what BC is doing. And I talked to Mitch Wolf, who is our staff writer over at Eagle Insider. And the, 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 the overall theme, the theme that's going around in terms of where BC is going here is, is length. And this is what Jeff Halfley preached in his signing day press conference. He was going for length and he did the same thing in the transfer portal. Now you take Jaden Woodbay and Jason Matry. Jason Matry was 5'10". You know, he did what he could. He was a violent player. He did a nice job. And by the way, he just committed. Uh, he decommitted from Liberty and recommitted to Wisconsin. So good luck to Jason uh, as he finds his new job. But both Woodbay and Matry were six feet or lower. Uh, Victor Nelson is 6'2". And this new offer is 6... Um, I believe he's 6'3". He could be actually be six four if I just pull up his uh, his stats six three or six four, okay. His name is Jero Wilson, and he's from our favorite school, the school that um, cried about us not playing them last year in, in the bowl after BC got nailed with COVID. Um, ECU, 
he's a starter. He's played a ton of games. So let me read you a quick paragraph from Hoist the Colors on 247. East Carolina has lost one of its best defensive backs to the transfer portal in the form of redshirt junior safety, Jarrah Wilson. The 6'3", 250 pounder has floated between safety and Sam linebacker the last three years in ECU's defensive scheme, playing a key role in both capacities. Wilson, whose start career started in 2018, has racked up 190 tackles, 16 tackles for loss, and six sacks to go along with four picks, three fumble recoveries, and three forced fumbles. He's been a starter the last three seasons. He also has the highest, uh, third highest defensive grade on ECU's defense, with 508 saps, he had a 68.6 defensive grade, a 77.3 mark in run defense, 73.5 in tackling grade, and a 62.3 mark in coverage. So, again, this is another um, defensive player that has a lot of experience. Again, when you're looking at the guys that BC's brought in, I see length and I see experience. That's perfect. That's what BC needs. You do not I, – I, I stand firmly with my belief – that yes, you can get guys from power five conferences, but if they haven't played all that much, they're not any different than what you have on your roster right now in terms of depth. If you're going for it, if you're going to try to take that next step and you are actually using the transfer portal to hopefully benefit you next year, you need to get guys that are proven now. And whether they play in the Ivy League, whether they play in NEC, which I believe is where LIU plays in, or the SEC, or in this one, the AAC, all four of these guys in their secondary have length. And, you know, I'm going to bring Grant, I mean, um, Mitch back on in a couple days to talk about his thoughts on this defense because he has a, a very interesting thought of how Jeff Halfley's establishing this defense. But I've always thought that Jeff Halfley wanted big guys. Big guys in the secondary, guys with length, guys that remind you of the Seattle Seahawks defenses of old, guys that, you know, can match up against those bigger wide receivers in the ACC, you know, the A.T. Perrys and, the and uh, you know, uh, the, some of those other big wide receivers that are out there. They the These guys that BC are bringing in, both in the transfer portal and recruiting, are hitting on that. And so I, I think it's interesting that they're they're doing that. Now, that's not to say that they're changing up everything on their roster. Josh DeBerry and, and Elijah Jones are both going to play a massive role in this, uh, on this roster. They're going to be two year starting wide receivers. I mean, uh, two, yeah, two starting defensive backs next year. You're going to have Josh DeBerry in the nickel and you're going to have outside Elijah Jones, who I think has really grown as a, as a cornerback. He's become even better as the year went on. So you have that, but then you met, then you surround it with strength and length. And I think that's going to really make Boston College, their secondary, look a little different. And I think that's a good thing uh, because, you, you know, you don't want to change too much. The secondary has played relatively well in years past. But if if Tem Lokabu, defensive coordinator, and Jeff Halfley really want to get this defense in the image of what they have always thought it should be, then guys like Jira Wilson from ECU are going to hit that really well. Now, we'll have to wait to see if BC gets – Wilson, because I'm sure a guy with that kind of pedigree and who's played all that all a lot has is going to have a, a list of suitors. But it's it's definitely something worth watching. Now, in a moment, I'm going to get into the basketball game uh, and get into some of the other uh, act, active games that were going on this weekend uh, and give you some heads up on things that are going on for BC Sports uh, throughout the weekend. So make sure you do not miss that. Now, you're with some friends. 
and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right. Locked on BCAJ Black here. And... Saturday had a big game for Boston College against their arch rivals, the Syracuse Orange team that has been beating BC pretty regularly as of late. Heading off to the JMA Wireless Dome, which sounds so weird. I mean, if you're like me, you've lived with that being the Carrier Dome your entire life. The fact that it has a different name now, I, I, I can't get used to that. I can't. So this game had one big feature, I think, that is where is, is, a lot of folks have been waiting for. And that is the return of center Quinton Post. Post had missed all the games up until uh, Saturday's matchup with Syracuse with a foot injury. And his missing him clearly was a big deal because BC doesn't have a true center that's ready to play uh, with po- uh, like Post can. You have Armani Mighty, but he's he's not ready. You've seen him play. He's just he's got sparks here and there, but he needs to develop. He needs to have that that um, that moment to develop like like Devin McLaughlin did last year, but you head to Syracuse and BC starts off looking really good. They come out to a 13 to six lead. Makai Ashton Langford has, has some really nice shots, but as they start to build a lead all, you know, you, you see Syracuse start off cold and you know, you're waiting for them to start hitting their shots. They, I mean, it feels like Jim Beheim has, you know, good interior guys that can play. So Jesse Edwards, but always, they always seem to have an outside shooter or a couple outside shooters. And it was Joe Girard. He's been the, he's been the, the heel in BC's side for years, uh, but he, he hit some big shots and they, they pulled away in the first half to a nine point lead. You think the game's over, right? You think that BC is going to fall apart, but they come back. And that was kind of the theme of this game was that BC, as much as they kept falling behind, they kept going back and getting into this game. And it's it, it, that continued until about the 10 minute mark when Syracuse basically never missed a shot for the rest of the game. I'm just being sarcastic, but they outscored BC by 15 over the last 10 minutes. And that was it. So what happened? What, what, what was going on in this game that caused BC to lose? First of all, they had, uh, they were getting out rebounded. Syracuse blasted them in the paint, which is not good to see when you have Quentin post who to be fair, only played 16 minutes. But there were many, many games, many, many uh, drives that ended with Syracuse getting extra chances because of offensive rebounds. They, they, they really dominated on that part. BC's shooting again. They were shooting uh, like you know, Mikhaish and Langford were shooting well from the outside, but it just it it floors me. I, I I guess uh, as a college basketball fan and a fan of basketball in general. To watch a team not have any clue how to shoot a three-pointer, it it floors me that BC is one of the worst, and it seems like such a valuable skill in basketball, and they don't have it, and it ended up costing them. I mean, it did. I mean, in the end, there was a whole bunch of other things, but near the end, their offense just kind of 
you know, fell off the rails and the zone kind of kicked in and kicked, kicked their butts. But, you know, I didn't expect BC to win this game. I was hoping they would cover. It was a nine and a half point spread. You know, when you're playing a better team, that's, you know, sometimes you just hope that's what happens. And then this game, it didn't. Um, but it was nice to see post back. Uh, you know, he played off the bench and he, after the game, uh, Earl Grant was talking about how he's, you know, felt good. And that's great because he, they're going to need him. They're going to definitely need him because he does a lot with passing and getting things in inside that BC sorely lacks when they throw like TJ Bickerstaff or uh, CJ Penna out there. He he's a much bigger guy that takes up a big, big amount of space and can help those guards get open, more open looks. So hopefully kind of like what they did with Prince Oligby, you know, they're going to start to, to, to ratchet up his, his, his uh, playing time because really, you know, I think Errol Grant needs to figure out his starting five because the starting five he's playing out there right now, I don't think is the best one that they should be going with. Um, I, you know, just, just from a pers- my perspective, and again, everyone has their own perspective, right? Jane Zachary should be out there. He, I, he had a really bad game, but that's not the point, but he should be out there with Makai Ashton Langford uh, as those two, two guards. Then you need to put Post out there, and I think you need Devin McLaughlin, and then Prince of Lakeby. Those should be your starting five. Uh, DeMar Langford has struggled a lot this year. Um, you know, I think in terms of, like, tough years, he's had the toughest of anyone. Uh, he just doesn't look confident anymore, um, and it's, it's been tough. And I, I think he needs to be a guy that comes off the bench until he figures that out, because right now he's become a liability a bit. And, um, you know you can't put him out there getting starter minutes if he's caught, if he's, if he's having such difficulty, you know, maintaining the ball and, and not, and turning it over. So that's kind of my thoughts. I don't know. Do you, what do you, what do you, who do you think should be the starting five for BC? Leave it in the comment section. Love to hear what you have to say. And if you haven't done so already, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button on our YouTube page right there. You're going to get your daily BC news sent directly to your feed you can comment. You can talk to all the BC fans. It's great. We do this five days a week. Um, this last week has been kind of crazy because it's by vacation week. So I've been trying to get episodes out uh, from a ski lodge. Now I'm sick, but it's okay. I can handle this. I don't feel great. I I, I feel I sound congested. I feel great. Um, but well, we have a lot to talk about because on Tuesday, BC plays Notre Dame. But there's also some other big games. And Mark Falzone bring, brings up a great one. And I want to make sure... Um, that this gets up there. Don't forget to give a nice plug to the women's basketball game at Notre Dame tomorrow at noon on ACC network. Yeah. If you haven't got in on the, the women's basketball team again, Joanna McNamee is a special coach. As I said, during our um, awards show uh, earlier this week, if you haven't checked that out, check out the YouTube feed. Um, Joanna McNamee has done a lot with a very little, and she has, you know, she lost a ton of talent in the transfer portal and just reloaded. And this team is really good. Now, Notre Dame is always a good team. This should be a, a fun matchup on Sunday. So if you're just, if you're, if you're nursing a new year's hangover or you're just stuck at home or you just want to watch some, some sports, check out the women's basketball team. I think it'll be a fun matchup on uh, Sunday. So yeah, thank you, Mark, for bringing that up. So one last game that came up this weekend, or actually two games, was BC played uh, Arizona State at the – and I am i didn't watch the game, so I'm going to probably screw it up, but I could not get over the name of the place they play at. It looked to me that it was called the Mullet Center. Yeah, like mullet, like the haircut, you know, short on the side, party in the back. 
it looked like the mullet center to me. BC goes out and wins pretty easily. I think it was five, two or five, three in the, on, on Saturday, on Friday, and then loses two to one on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me. So BC goes one and one against Arizona state, who I believe is one of the lower ranked teams in college hockey. So not, not a good, not a good weekend for the, for Greg Brown and his, in his team, but um, that's kind of that. Now in a moment, we're going to wrap things up. I want to give you some new year's resolutions. Uh, sorry. New year's predictions for BC sports. I'm going to give you a couple that are on the top of my head right now that I have for the upcoming year. You're going to want to hear my thoughts on that in just a moment. Now, if you've not done so already, make sure to subscribe to the locked on ACC podcast with Candace Cooper right now. She is co-hosting uh, with the locked on NC state host, and they are having some great episodes talking about the transfer portal, college football, college basketball, everything in between. Find Locked On ACC wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Locked On AC, uh, BC, AJ Black here. Is This is our last episode of the 2022 year. And I want to thank each and every one of you, first of all, uh, for, for making Locked On BC your first listen to every day. And I know many of you have reached out to me to say like, you know, you love listening to me on your commutes and that you love uh, getting into our, our podcast because you can't deal with BC sports, but I've made it interesting for you. I, I thank you each and every one of you. We've got some really good things coming up. I think we're going to have some interviews coming up as well with some big names uh, in the BC community that I hopefully you're going to enjoy. But I, I wanted to do some prediction time here and I want to look ahead to the upcoming 2023 year. And I'm going to say that this is, you know, from now until December 31st. So I won't be able to tell you if like BC men's basketball uh, makes the tournament next year, but I can tell you how they start next year. So let's start with football. My prediction, and I, I've got, I've got my haters out there that listen to this podcasting and they know what I'm going to say is that BC makes a bowl next year. However, I think BC will be good enough to make a bowl which could be a seven and five now based on what some of the new changes they're thinking of making. But I get the feeling that BC is going to end up in a bowl. No one's going to care about. And, and the one that keeps sticking out to me is the Fenway bowl, um, which I know no one wants to go to, but I think BC football is going to figure a few things out this year. Will it be enough to make folks happy with Jeff Halfley? I'm not sure that's going to be the case. I still think the, the offensive line right now has too many question marks. They'll be better, but they're not going to be able to beat teams that are good. That being said, this team has four on paper, bad out of conference schedule teams. And I'm not going to crap on them because we just saw what UConn and Rutgers did to BC last year. But if BC plays their cards, right, they get their offensive line going. I think they can make a bowl. And I think it'll be a bowl that not, no one's going to be happy about. So there's my thoughts there. That's my prediction for BC football. I'm also going to predict, I'm going to predict that Jeff Halfley survives next year. I'm going to say that he does enough to hold his job. I think he will still be on a very hot seat, but he'll do enough to show improvement with the Boston College Athletic Department, who doesn't like to do much. They're going to let him keep his job for one more year. So that's my prediction on Jeff Halfley. In addition, basketball. Right now, I think they're going to turn things around. I I, pers- I see BC basketball, men's basketball, grabbing at least another two big wins 
by the end of this year. A ranked team, a, a good team like Syracuse at home, I see at least two or three big wins coming up. That being said, I think they're going to make the ACC tournament, and I think they're going to win at least two rounds. They will not make the NIT. They will not make the NCAA tournament. That's my prediction for men's basketball. That being said, going into next year, I think men's basketball is going to figure things out. I think while football might take a step in the right direction, I think men's basketball is going to start to figure things out in their out-of-conference schedule in that beginning of the year type of type of situation where we won't have as many WTF losses that we had in 2022. That's my predictions for basketball. I also predict for basketball that one of the starters on this team will hit the transfer portal. I don't think, I think it's logical to think that not everyone on this roster is going to stay. And I don't want to say who it's going to be, but I, I'm going to guess it's one of the guards. And I think they will hit the transfer portal at the end of this year. All right. Now, our last one, and I'll let you guys get off because I want to go watch the Georgia game right now and uh, see how that, because that TCU with Michigan game, that game was crack. That game was great to watch. And I don't want to miss that. Now, for BC Athletics, what is going to happen in terms of big overall pictures? All of those other predictions I made, I'm going to go with, and I believe his name was Martin Artest Jones on Twitter, who who already predicted that Father Leahy is going to retire. I'm going to follow up and say I agree with him, that Father Leahy is going to retire. And my hope is that BC finds a president that really fought, you know pushes for some changes in the way that athletics sees basketball and football and some of the bigger programs on campus. So I'm predicting the father Leahy's going to retire. All right. So this is AJ Black. Happy New Year's to you and yours. I hope you all have a great day. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk some more transfer portal news. We'll talk football and anything else that pops up in the news in the next 24 hours. You're not going to want to miss it. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. And we'll see you again soon. Take care. <laughs>